Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Mac Dominic continues his study on the triumphant return of Jesus Christ, and Greg Patton is living in today's world. Thanks to your prayers and financial support, Watchmen on the Wall is now heard on almost 600 radio signals each day, proclaiming the good news that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. For all of our brand new listeners, we say hello, and we have an outstanding resource just for you. It's our new listener pack. Inside the new listener pack is a collection of resources designed to welcome you to Watchmen on the Wall. Every new listener pack includes our Prophetic Observer newsletter and a free gift. So make sure and request your free new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. My friends, we're living in a world with an apocalyptic mindset. How many times have you heard references to drastic earth changes, the end of the world, or Armageddon bantered around by network news anchors or in motion pictures? Jesus Christ is returning to earth, this time as an omnipotent warrior king, anxious to totally defeat Antichrist and his armies awaiting him on the plain of Armageddon. Mac Dominic is back to continue now his look at the triumphant return of Jesus Christ. Someday, I believe very soon, the Lord Jesus Christ will return to rapture all believers. I don't know about you, but I'm certainly looking forward to that day. Joining me to talk about the soon return of Jesus Christ is Mac Dominic. Mac has produced a two-disc documentary DVD set called The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ. Mac, thanks for joining me again today. Oh, James, it's always a pleasure. In Matthew 24, Jesus describes some of the signs that will happen at the end of this age. He talked about them increasing in frequency and in intensity like a woman's birth pains. With everything that's going on in the world, do you believe that we're in the beginnings of those birth pains? I absolutely do believe we're in the beginnings of the birth pains, but let's back up a little bit and get a kind of a fix on where we are mm-hmm. with Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, I believe, confuses more well-meaning, godly Christians than just about any other passage in the entire Bible, because we have to understand that Matthew 24 was spoken to the apostles during the dispensation of the law. Jesus was talking to Jews as a Jewish Messiah about the destiny of the nation of Israel. And so we have to understand that nowhere, nowhere in Matthew 24 do we see a picture of the rapture of the church. Mm -hmm. Nowhere do we see the church, really, in Matthew 24. This is a Jewish Messiah speaking to his Jewish disciples. So, yes, those birth pains, as we call them, will be our signs that will come to pass, and we will see them as the time gets closer to the end of the age. But the full culmination of those signs that are given in Matthew chapter 24 will not happen until the Great Tribulation, because Matthew 24 is speaking of the second coming of Jesus Christ. We have to remember that 
the rapture of the church, which I know, James, you believe in, I believe in. There are a lot of Christians today that do not believe in the rapture, but I believe the Bible is very clear that the rapture of the church will take place prior to the tribulation period. But we have to remember that the rapture of the church at this point in history was a mystery and had not been revealed. And the Apostle Paul told us that he was going to reveal the mystery of the church. So the church itself was a mystery to the Old Testament prophets and was not revealed until the uh, Apostle Paul's teaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in that time. So we have to be careful when we look at Matthew chapter 24 not to get those signs in Matthew 24 confused with saying, for example, because the gospel has been preached to all the world now that that's a sign of the rapture. It is not. Mm -hmm. Because that gospel being preached to all the world, we see that when we let Scripture interpret Scripture, we see that happen in Revelation when the 144,000 are sealed, and they go to all the world and preach the everlasting gospel of the kingdom during the tribulation period. So we just have to be careful with Matthew 24. Well, Matthew 24 is really tribulation signs, and so if we know those signs that point to the great tribulation, that seven-year period, are occurring now with more frequency and intensity, shouldn't we believe, since there's no signs that have to precede the rapture of the church, shouldn't we believe that the rapture could happen at any moment? Absolutely. And number one, the rapture is imminent. And it has been imminent since Jesus ascended into heaven. Yes. Because, you know, there is really no sign, no prophecy that has to be fulfilled for the rapture to occur. However, when we see the nation of Israel come to pass in 1948, the signs that were shown in Matthew 24 regarding the nation of Israel about the abomination of desolation, about the people fleeing to the mountains and the wrath of God that would come, and Jesus talking about the destruction of the temple, there was no nation of Israel until 1948. As a matter of fact, that's why, you know, the Protestants, many of them are post-millennial because historic Protestantism is more post-millennial than pre-millennial because during the time of Martin Luther and the Reformers, John Calvin and those folks, there was no nation of Israel. So how in the world could these prophecies be about a literal Israel, and how in the world could this be anything other than talking about the new heaven and the new earth? And so that's why people set down what is Protestant orthodoxy. They continue to stick to that even in the face of the coming of the nation of Israel and all the other things we're seeing in the world now that indicate, hey, maybe you should step back and rethink these things. Well, in the triumphant return of Jesus Christ, you give some biblical evidence for the pre-tribulation rapture. Specifically, you mentioned Revelation 3.10. Would you explain that? Revelation 3.10. Because I have kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell on the earth. This was the message of the Apostle John under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the Church of Philadelphia. And this is a real interesting segment here in the book of Revelation in chapter 3 and verses 7 to 13. 
the Church of Philadelphia, the description of the Church of Philadelphia describes a true church. It's interesting that this is the only church of the seven churches in the book of Revelation that Jesus Christ himself had nothing bad to say about the church in Philadelphia. And so when we look at this and we look at these messages to the churches prophetically, and we can pretty much line these up with church eras, if you want to call it that, the time of the church of Philadelphia is made up of people at the end of the age that are standing true to the word of God. And what this tells us in verse 10 is because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the earth to try them that dwell on the earth. This is one of several passages of scriptures that tell us that those who are faithful to the gospel, who are faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, who are born-again members of the family of God, will be kept from the hour of temptation. Other places in the New Testament, in Thessalonians, it talks about keeping them from the hour of wrath, because we know in the tribulation period the wrath of God is going to be poured out on the earth. So basically here in Revelation 3.10, we're seeing the promise to those that are faithful that they would not go through the hour of temptation or the tribulation period. That's exactly what that's saying. This is James Collins. My guest on the program is Mac Dominic. We're talking about his DVD set called The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ. Again, there are over five hours of great teaching on this DVD set. I think it's kind of like a Bible Prophecy 101 class, and you can get a copy of this two-DVD set by calling 1-800-652-1144 or order online at swrc.com. Mac, we're talking about the rapture, so let's talk about the timing of the rapture, or even if there will be a rapture. There are several views concerning that, and you call it in the DVD the Great Rapture Controversy. What is so controversial about the rapture, and what are some of the different rapture views? To start with, many people that deny the rapture talk about the fact that it was made up and it was never anything biblical. Well, nothing, nothing is really further from the truth. When we look at the Bible as a complete, cohesive whole and let Scripture interpret Scripture, you must have a rapture prior to the tribulation period. The reason for that is that God is going to once again deal with the nation of Israel. At the time of Pentecost and the establishment of the church, we see what we call the age of grace. We see the gospel being preached, the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and anyone that accepts by faith his sacrifice on the cross for their sins will be saved, will be born again, will be made members of the family of God, whatever terminology. But there's going to come a time when God has got to deal again with Israel because God will fulfill his promises to Abraham. He will fulfill his promises to David. He will fulfill those covenants because the nation of Israel, let's face it, has never possessed the land that God promised to Abraham. And God is going to keep that promise. There is not a king 
sitting physically in Israel, and a king must again sit on the throne of Israel and reign forever and ever, and that has to happen. So God has to deal with Israel, and God has to purge Israel, because we read in the book of Revelation that Israel will be attacked, that two-thirds of the Jews will be killed, but a third will be spared, and that third will accept Jesus upon his return as Messiah. They will find refuge in Edom. Christ will go to Edom, bring them back, set up his throne in Jerusalem, and that will begin the millennial reign of Christ. But the whole issue here is there has to be a scenario where God has got to deal with Israel for the first three and a half years, and in the second three and a half years, God is going to pour out his wrath and judge sinful mankind, those that have been given the opportunity to come to him and have rejected him and have accepted the mark of the beast, served and worshipped Antichrist, and all of those things that will happen in the tribulation period, those people will be judged in the second half of the tribulation, and then Jesus Christ will return. So it's imperative that the rapture occur prior to the tribulation. Now, there are those that believe in a mid-trib rapture. You know, quite honestly, I have a little bit more respect for that view than any other view, because you see the first three and a half years of the tribulation where God is dealing more with Israel and not with pouring out his wrath on mankind in general. You can kind of see where they're coming from, but basically I think it still violates the context of Scripture when you look at it as a whole. Post-trib rapture, I can't see it whatsoever. One of the Bible teachers, and I can't remember who it was that I listened to years ago, called that the yo-yo theory. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've heard that. You you had the rapture coming up, and then they come back down with Jesus a minute. It makes no sense whatsoever. So it violates context. And that's the one thing that we really need to do as Christians, as Bible believers, and studying the Scripture. We have to stress context, context, context. And we must remember that we can only interpret our Bibles by the Bible itself because it has to be interpreted in light of other Scripture and come together as a unified, cohesive whole. And that's the only way to do it. And if you do that... You will end up being a dispensationalist. You will believe in a pre-trib rapture. You will believe in a literal thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. And you will believe at the end of that time, Jesus will judge Satan finally and set up the new heavens and new earth for eternity. After the pre-tribulation rapture, there will be a seven-year period called the tribulation where the Antichrist will rule the world. At the end of that seven-year tribulation, the Lord Jesus Christ returns at the Battle of Armageddon. Then he defeats the Antichrist. Then we come to the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. Tell us what happens during that millennium. During the millennium, number one, God's promises to David will be completely fulfilled. We will see the Davidic kingdom set up with Jesus Christ on the throne over the entire world. Now, it's interesting because we read that the curse will be lifted. The curse of sin will be lifted from off of the face of the earth. So years of living will be extended again. The Bible tells us 
that the lion will lay down with the lamb, that the children will play by the snake's den or hole. And we're told all of these things because the curse will be lifted. We see that talked about in Romans chapter 7 where all of creation is waiting for the redemption that will come with the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. We will see the reign of Jesus over all of the earth. Jesus will be set up as king of kings over the entire world. David, we're told in the Old Testament, when he is resurrected, will be once again, will be king of Israel over the nation of Israel again. And we're told that the nations will come up to Jerusalem and do sacrifice to Jesus Christ. It says that the nations will come for the Feast of the Tabernacles. That's an interesting story as well. We probably don't have time to get into right now. But the nations will come and celebrate Jesus' victory over all the forces of evil that he came to defeat at his death and then at his second coming. So we see the nations coming for the Feast of the Tabernacles, and we see a time of peace, a time like the world has never known for a literal 1,000 years. Tell us what you're working on next. I am working on two things. We have a new DVD coming out that is entitled Deliver Us from Evil. This is another Genesis to Revelation presentation that talks about the evil forces that are attacking Christians today and that have attacked Christians and where they came from, where they're going. We're talking about the three rebellions of Genesis 1 through 11 and how Jesus Christ reversed those rebellions and we get into a lot of interesting things about the keys of death and hell. We talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and we talk about the coming new heaven and new earth. It is really an exciting presentation. The other one that we've got about ready to go is called System Breakdown, Living in the Time of the Paradigm Shift. This is a current events analysis in light of Bible prophecy. I have been studying New Age, New World Order for over 30 years now. In the 1990s, we are seeing play out right before our eyes here. We're going to bring all of that together, and again, another Old Testament and New Testament study. As soon as those products are available, I hope you'll come back on the Watchmen on the Wall to share with us again. You can count on it, James. Get the complete two-day presentation on the triumphant return of Jesus Christ by Mac Dominic on CD when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Today in the Resource Center, we are excited to offer Mac Dominic's two-volume DVD set entitled The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ. Over five hours of teaching are featured on this set. Order The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ by Mac Dominic today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online, swrc.com. Author, pastor, and conference speaker Greg Patton stops by now for another story of hope from Living in Today's World. Well, 
Well, I've been following a story here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, of our former 4th District Congressman, a Christian man who has pancreatic cancer. And each day things get a little bit worse, and he puts a report on Facebook. So many hundreds praying for this gentleman. And I got to thinking about my father, who had pancreatic cancer. I don't know, for some reason I thought of two or three things today that just came up as, well, it's a miracle. It has to be a miracle. My father was unsaved, and boy, he was a toughie. He did not like my conversion at all. He said that I got religion. I recall that so very well. It took a long time of witnessing and praying and just being the best son I could be to change things around. And Well, he had surgery that was for cancer someplace, and they found out it was indeed in his pancreas. It was a sad report that came from the surgeon and our family doctor after only 15 minutes in the operating room. They were back out in the lobby with the family to tell us that dad had pancreatic cancer. They did nothing but sew him back up, and he probably had 90 days to live at best. As a new Christian, that was such a heartache. My dad was unsaved, and what did I know? I took the first shift, my sisters. We had this plan. I don't know exactly how it started, but had two older sisters, and we felt that somehow the doctors and nurses couldn't do their job properly without us, and a time when you could stay with a family member. So we took shifts, eight-hour shifts, my two sisters and myself. I asked for the first shift for a reason as a new Christian, and I got on my knees beside Dad's bed for the entire eight hours, just praying, occasionally putting my hands up near the area of the surgery. And I wasn't asking so much for healing and life as I was for salvation. And I asked that my dad not pass away before he trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. That, in so many words, was the prayer continually all night long. What an amazing thing happened, my friend. My dad went back for a checkup at the three-month mark, and he was actually getting better. Kind of surprised the surgeon. And at six months, he was better yet. And a year, well, this was really a puzzle. A further investigation medically into my father found out that there was no cancer. No cancer, ladies and gentlemen, in his pancreas. As a matter of fact, that 90 days turned into five years. That was just about the time my dad trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. I can report to you that he did not die from pancreatic cancer. He had other complications, and I think it was within a year or two that my father passed away and graduated to glory. What an incredible, to me, miracle. What do you think? And then my Sharon, who in 2012, among other things, developed pancreatitis. What a grueling time that was. 71 days in the hospital, 50 of those days in intensive care. Again, do we need a miracle? I prayed. I didn't know what God had in mind. My wife has always been very tough. I witnessed her having six children, and she just always came through those things like a trooper. But this one was just too much. 
At one point, I recall her calling me to the bedside, and, oh, she was so sick. She said, I'm done. I said, excuse me? I'm done, Greg. I'm tired. I want to go home. Well, as her husband and soulmate, I didn't think that was correct. As a matter of fact, I told her, oh, no, Patton's never give up, and I think we're going to get you taken care of and get you back home someday. The doctors, the specialists here in Fort Wayne said there's nothing else we can do. We will make her comfortable. That was hard to take. I said, there's got to be some place. There's got to be something we can do. Well, they said there's a place, Mayo Clinic. I said, I'm very familiar with that. And right down in Indianapolis, Indiana, they have a pancreatic specialist team. That one kind of bothered me because they knew that all the time. And this is the first I'd heard of that. So... I said, well, what do we do? And they said, well, we'll just make a call. And if we think that she can make it, we'll get her down there by ambulance immediately. If not, we'll fly her down with the Samaritan helicopter. They came back and said, we're making arrangements to fly your wife down to Indianapolis IU Med Center. Boy, things happen so fast. I mean, you don't know what's happening next. You're praying, you're trusting God, you're trying to be well, this is the head of the household here, the leader. Oh, that's tough sometimes, isn't it? Well, we did just that, and so many days in intensive care there. And, you know, it gets exhausting. Those of you that have experienced this, being in the hospital day after day, well, any period of time, it's just mentally, spiritually, physically exhausting. We kept up, and we just stayed by her side that entire time. Boy, life for a few months just I don't know where it went. I thank God today that my Sharon's home right now, taking care of five grandkids all these years later. She was saying the other day, you know what? I think getting these kids in the house with us here has made me younger. Oh, we have all those physical problems. Sure we do. But God is able. So I saw him work a miracle in my daddy's life. He gets saved. He's healed. I saw a miracle in my wife's life, where being by her side, having her throw her arms, so to speak, around me spiritually, we prayed through that thing, and it was July there of 2012 that she walked out of the hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. God is a great miracle worker. Sharon's life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That path may be dark and unknown and questions here and there, but he promised you he would direct your path. What a great God we serve. Amen. All honor, all glory, all praise to Almighty God, the Miracle Worker. Today in the Resource Center, we are happy to offer Mac Dominic's two-volume DVD set entitled The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ. Over five hours of teaching are featured in this set. Order The Triumphant Return of Jesus Christ by Mac Dominic today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow on Watchmen on the Wall, we debunk the lie of evolution 
and prove that the creation model explains the fossil record. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.